Welcome back. The Giants Week 17 game preview versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Giants come in as five and a half point favorites, six points depending on where you look. And of course, if the Giants win, they are in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. So very exciting stuff. The Colts have had a pretty rough season. 4-10-1. They have lost like eight of their past nine games. They have lost five in a row. And definitely did not live up to expectations so far this year. As you guys know, their head coach is a guy who at one point this year worked for ESPN. So the Giants definitely have a coaching advantage. I would say for the most part, a roster advantage. And the Giants should win this game. Of course, it is football. Anything can happen. Letdowns do happen. And underdogs do end up winning games. But this is one where the Giants, you would hope, do... Uh, handle their business and don't have to rely on other teams to lose because that would suck so you win you're in and the Giants have their first playoff appearance in about five six years whatever it would be so that'd be great and we'll talk about the injuries what I expect in this game some of the key matchups as always leave a like always helps out and let's get into it so we'll jump into the injury report to start things off so it is Friday we have more clarity about the injuries Dory Jackson, Xavier McKinney, it looks like we'll have to wait at least another week for those guys. Dory Jackson's doubtful, and Brian Dable had a quote on McKinney saying probably not um, in terms of his avail availability. So don't expect him to play. But as for Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams, they seem good to go. So they should be out there on Sunday. For the Colts, Ashton Doolin, who took that really bad hit on Monday Night Football from uh, the safety Derwin James. I'm sure you guys seen that hit. It was pretty awful. But he has a concussion, obviously. He's out. Kylan Grayson, the tight end, he's a you know, young athletic guy. I think they have other guys in front of him, though, like Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods. But he'll be out for this game. Rodney McLeod should play. That guy's been around forever. Kenny Moore, he is out their corner. He's like one of the better slot corners in football, at least coming into the year. So that could be a big loss there, of course. Another big Richie James game. You never know. So that might help the Giants in that area. But yeah, not the biggest injury reports for both teams. And on the season, stats-wise for the Colts, they have not been very impressive offensively. They're 31st in points for 28th in total yards. Last in turnovers, which is a place the Giants definitely, they don't have to win the turnover battle in a game like this but you would hope versus a team that their offense turns the ball over the most in football that the Giants defense would at least create one turnover in this game whether it is a you know strip sack or interception whatever Nick Foles had a few interceptions in his first start last week it looked pretty ugly he was standing back there taking way too much time the Colts offensive line, which at one point was known as a very good offensive line, has not been good. I don't know if it's the uh, loss of Eric Fisher or whatever it was, but this Colts offensive line is not what it has been for a while. So last in turnovers, they are ninth in passing attempts. That, of course, can be playing from behind, but they are 23rd in passing yards. So that's not a good combination. 25th in passing touchdowns, 21st in rushing attempts, 25th in total rushing yards, and 26th in rushing rushing yards per attempt. So this Colts offense is as putrid as it gets for the most part. For their defense, it's a bit better, but once again, still not good. 25th in points allowed, 11th in yards. That's actually really good. So they do give up a lot of points, but they don't give up a lot of yards. And that, of course, can coincide with the Colts offense turning the ball over and putting their defense in short fields, putting them in bad situations, which is why the total yardage given up may not be a lot, but the total points given up 
is a lot. You know, 25th in football is not very good. So turnover-wise, their defense has the 20th most turnovers forced this year. Their pass defense ranks 11th in football, and you also question that because is that because the Colts mostly play from behind and teams playing them don't have to pass the ball that much? That can definitely be a correlation. Run defense-wise, though, the Colts, they are 20th in rushing yards allowed. And yards per attempt-wise, they are 7th, so they actually have a pretty good run defense based on the numbers, and if the Giants want to win this game, you know, of course, it's going to come down to passing the ball effectively, but of course, you want to get Saquon Barkley involved as well, but I do hope, I don't think the weather's supposed to be bad on Sunday, so... You know, get Daniel Jones a, a good pocket. I don't think the Colts have a tremendous pass rush. They have guys. They have Quiddy Pay and DeForest Buckner, but it's not a pass rush that's been dominant the entire season. So I would give Daniel Jones more chances like he had last week to just air it out and see what happens here and try to be a beatable pass defense that has, you know, their slot corner out. So we'll look at some of the matchups for the offense versus defense. We'll start with the Giants offense versus the Colts defense. So we're going to see some Andrew Thomas versus Yannick Ngakwe. I've been a Yannick Ngakwe fan for his career, but he has just not been the same guy the past couple years. I think he went to the Raiders last year. It wasn't that good. And then this year with the Colts, not much either. So unfortunately, his career has kind of taken a bad turn. But, you know, he's still a talented pass rusher, of course. So DeForest Buckner, he'll be across from guys like Mark Lewinsky, the former Colt, by the way, revenge game. You have John Feliciano as well taking that guy on. So I don't love that. And then we'll see some Quiddy Pay against Evan Neal, which is two young guys going at it. Evan Neal, of course, a rookie. I think Quiddy Pay's in year two now. Yeah, Quiddy Pay's in year two. He's actually the guy, Quiddy Pay, that I wanted the Giants to draft once they traded back. Of course, they took Kadarius Tony. So I'm not saying Quiddy Pay is like fantastic, but definitely would have been the better pick right now, it seems like. Um, so yeah, wide receiver-wise, you're going to have Isaiah Hodgins, who I guess maybe is the wide receiver one now because it's always been Darius Slayton for the most part but maybe teams now will pay more attention to Isaiah Hodgins who's been playing really good football lately he might get the Stephon Gilmore assignment a guy who I think at one point won defensive player of the year back in 2019 or 18 whatever it was I think it was 19 but uh Stephon Gilmore is still playing at a very high level despite being 32 years old it was weird. I think the Panthers traded for him last year, like halfway through the year. Then they let him walk, and now he's with the uh, the Colts. So that signing worked out for sure. Their other corner, never heard of the guy. Usually it's Kenny Moore, but now it's probably going to be either Tony Brown or Brandon Fekaisen. I don't, that's definitely not how you pronounce it, but I have never heard of that guy before. Undrafted player in 2018, not playing at a high level right now, so... That's definitely going to help the Giants. They're the cornerback two spot right now for the Colts is not looking good whatsoever. So either Hodgins or Slayton, one of those guys, should probably have a nice game in this one. I don't know who Gilmore is going to go after most of the game or if he stays on one side of the field, but I would say one of these Giants receivers, if not both, will have a successful outing here on Sunday. They have, you know, a good linebacker, Bobby Okariki. I remember Pat McAfee announced when he was drafted, and it was pretty funny. He's like, future Hall of Famer, Bobby Okariki. I, I don't know if it's Okariki or Okariki, but I've always said Okariki. But he's been playing good football, 2019 third-round pick. Of course, they're without Shaquille Leonard, Darius Leonard, whatever you want to call him. I think his name is actually Shaquille Leonard now, but he's been out for, like, 
pretty much the entire year. He missed the first few games, came back, got hurt again. I think he's been out ever since, so that definitely sucks. But they have another linebacker, EJ Speed, a fifth-round pick in 2019. Doesn't play a whole lot of snaps, but he's been playing good football for them. Of course, Rodney McLeod, who I mentioned, the former Eagle. And then Julian Blackman, another guy that I liked uh, in that draft class. I think it was 2020 out of Utah. And he's actually been in pretty good safety so far. He had that pick six a couple weeks ago. When they went up, I think they went up 30 nothing at that point. Then they blew the lead to the uh, the Vikings. But yeah, Julian Blackman's a nice young player. So um, yeah, the Giants offensive line, they're going to have some tough assignments, as I mentioned. Of course, you're going to have Buckner and Quiddy Pay and Gokwe. Even Grover Stewart's not that bad on the inside. So the Giants offensive line, it's not going to be an easy day for them for the most part. But, you know, they could have success in this matchup. They should get the ball out of Jones's hands pretty quickly if they can. And as I said, Richie James might have a decent game. The Colts do not have their slot corner. So Richie James, who I think led the Giants in yards last week, has a chance to do it again. The Giants defense now, they get a Colts offense. That is not very good. Now, the Colts, they do have a rookie left tackle. I forgot about him. Bernard Ryman, or Raymond, he was a third-round pick this year, 77th overall out of Central Michigan. So he's been playing a lot of snaps lately, actually playing pretty well here. It's hard to know exactly why their offensive line is struggling so much. I mean, they have Quentin Nelson, you have Ryan Kelly, you have Braden Smith. Like, you have a good offensive line for the most part. Then you have Ryman, the rookie, playing pretty well. So I, I don't know why exactly Will Fries at right guard has not been very good, but. I feel like this Colts offensive line is not as bad as it should be. So anyway, Nick Foles will be at quarterback, who, as I said, if you guys watched on Monday, I hope you didn't because you probably didn't miss anything, but just a horrendous start for Nick Foles. Um, we know about him very well, of course, you know, being a former Eagle, but he, I think some of that magic or most of that magic is gone by now. He's now almost 34 years old. Alec Pierce at wide receiver. Michael Pittman is their wide receiver one. Paris Campbell is their slot guy. Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods are the tight ends. Now, guys like Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods are very tall. I think they're both former basketball players. So um, th those guys are definitely ones to watch out for in the red zone. They have had some plays this year where Matt Ryan would just throw it up to them and they would just catch it in the end zone because nobody's that tall. So that works out for them. Even Michael Pittman's a big receiver, 6'4", 220, the second-round pick in 2020. I feel like he's done all he could this year. I mean, he does not have the best quarterback play, obviously, but Pittman, I feel like, you know, definitely got more hype in fantasy football this year, but did not live up to expectations because Matt Ryan was just kind of washed at that point. But Paris Campbell's been playing good football at some points this year. Alec Pierce makes some big plays downfield, former Cincinnati Bearcat. Um, Giants defense, you know, you're going to have Fabian Moreau playing a lot of snaps once again. Darnay Holmes probably in the slot. Nick McLeod on the outside and in, in the secondary. So same things there. Julian Love, Jason Pinnock. So I do think a lot of this game, I mean, people do say games are won in the trenches and it is true, but I think a game like this will come down to the trenches, especially because the Giants' defensive line should have a uh, should have the advantage over the Colts' offensive line, and the Colts' defensive line might have an advantage over the Giants' offensive line minus Andrew Thomas. So I think if uh, it depends which defensive line gets more push, if the Giants can really generate pressure on Nick Foles, win the line of scrimmage, and, and stop guys like Zach Moss and Deion Jackson, of course, Jonathan Taylor, who I think led the league in rushing last year, he's on the IR with an ankle injury, so no dealing with Jonathan Taylor, which is nice. But even Zach Moss is a guy that I liked when he was drafted, a former Bill, came over in the trade deadline, and he's been playing 
playing all right. I mean, nothing spectacular, but he's been all right. He's been filling in as a starter, and Deion Jackson's more of that receiving back for this team. But um, if the Giants' defensive line can win their assignments, I think they'll be fine. But if the Colts' defensive line wins their assignments, then the Giants' offense, you know, could be in some trouble here. So we'll see which offensive line, which defensive line gets more push. The over-under is only 39. It opened up at 41.5, only 39 now. As I mentioned, the weather should not be that bad. So that's a bit of a concern. I'm not concerned about it because like the Colts' offense, I don't think will put up many points. But if the Giants happen to have a very tragic play, like a pick six or like a fumble or like a punt, you know, fumbled or something like that. Of course, that could lead to like an easy Colts touchdown or something, and something like that could lose you this low-scoring game. So the Giants have to be fundamentally sound in a game like this. So that's gonna do it. Um, of course, you just you just want to win the game. It doesn't matter how they do it. I'm a guy that I love dominant victories. So if the Giants won this game like 31 to, <laughs> we don't score 30 points. Sorry, but if they won this game like 24 to six, I'd be very satisfied with that. So. I hope that's the outcome. I don't want to come on here Sunday night and talk about how the hell did this team lose this game and now we have to worry about other teams losing. Like if, you know, I I do believe if the Giants lose this week, it's not over, but the Giants would still have to win next week, I believe, and hope for some other teams to lose to get in. Um, you know, the Giants are 8-6-1. and one. There are teams that are right behind them that have seven wins like the Commanders and the Seahawks and the Lions and the Packers. So um, this week, Green Bay is their favorites against the Vikings. The Lions are favorites against the Bears. The Seahawks, I believe, are underdogs against the Jets, and then the Commanders are favorites versus the Browns. So, yeah, the Giants just have to handle business. They have been given a great matchup here, and, you know, this game is part of the reason why I'm not a huge fan of doing, like, win-loss videos in the beginning of the year because before the year myself and many others thought the Colts would at least be like a nine win team and be decent or at least win that division. But no, that is not how it went at all. So, um, yeah, so hopefully they win this game and we can talk, uh, you know, have some positive vibes on Sunday night and talk about our first playoff berth since 2016. I'll run through my spread picks real quick for this week. So, First game is the Cardinals at the Falcons, 1 p.m. Atlanta minus five and a half. I will take the Cardinals. I, I saw the Cardinals are starting David Blau, and I've seen him play before for the Lions, and he's not that bad. I feel like Atlanta, I mean, yeah, Atlanta, of course, could win this game by a lot. They have some things I like offensively. I need Drake London in a fantasy matchup, but aside from that, I have no interest in this game, but I feel like the Cardinals will keep this close. It's two dome teams. I, I just don't think either team is that great, so it should be a closer game. I'll take the points here with the Cardinals. The Bears are at the Lions. Lions are a minus six. I don't love the way Chicago has looked lately. I don't think Justin Fields is running as much. I feel like he's kind of hurt right now. So I'll take Detroit minus six despite the big number. The Lions always play very well on offense at home. Jaguars at Texans, only a minus three for Jacksonville. So this feels like a trap game for some reason. I'm like, why the hell are the Jags only minus three? Um, but I'm going to take it. I will take Jacksonville minus three. It'd be a very rough game for them to lose. I don't think it matters because really for the Jaguars and the Titans who lost last night, the only thing that matters for them is the game next week because those two teams play each other and the winner wins the AFC South. So, you know, I do want to take the Jaguars, but I could see a scenario where they kind of take their foot off the gas here. Maybe they rest some of their starters. I don't know, but I will still take Jacksonville minus three. The Broncos are at the Chiefs. Very big spread here, 12 and a half in favor of the um, of the Chiefs, obviously. I'm going to take the Broncos. I hate it, but they just fired their coach. 
maybe you know Russell Wilson actually had his best game of the year versus the Chiefs last time he did get a concussion in that game but I thought Russ looked okay in that one so I'll take the Broncos it's a lot of points 12 and a half the Dolphins are at the Patriots of course a big game for playoff implications for both of these AFC East teams uh the Patriots are favorites by two and a half no Tua it's Teddy Bridgewater I don't care though I'm taking the uh, Dolphins I don't think the Patriots are that good I really don't I, I mean, the Patriots, they do hang around in these games, but I just feel like the Dolphins are the better team. So I will take Miami here as a underdog, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Colts at the Giants. Here we go. Giants are a minus five-and-a-half currently. I will take the Giants this week. I think they will get it done. I think they'll win this one by at least a touchdown. Hopefully I don't eat my words on that one. But, yeah, the Giants, they should win this one hopefully comfortably. Saints at Eagles. Eagles minus five and a half. Um, it is Gardner Minshew once again. The Saints have looked pretty uh, not good for most of this season, but they did win last week in that very cold weather game. Um, I guess I'll take the Eagles. I don't love it, but I will take Philadelphia. I think if they win this game, I, I'm pretty sure they can clinch up the first seed maybe. I, I forget. I'm pretty sure they can, though. So, yeah, they, they definitely want this win. I know Jalen Hurts is out, but that team is still very good. So I'll take the Eagles minus 5.5. The Panthers are at the Buccaneers. Big game for that division, NFC South, which is laughable, that division. But still, someone's got to win it. So Tampa Bay is a minus 4. And Tampa has looked terrible this year. I feel like taking the Panthers is the right move, but I feel like this spread wants you to take Tampa or take the Panthers, I'm sorry. So with that said, I'll take Tampa. I still think there's a chance that that team has something left in them. I don't think Tampa has any shot at a Super Bowl run, but I do think that this team can put up a decent offensive outing at some point. And Sam Darnold's been playing very good football, but at some point, you know that you know, it's going to go the other way because we've seen too much of Sam Darnold by now. So anyway, I will take the Buccaneers minus four. Browns at Commanders. Commanders are a minus two at home. I'm going to take the Browns. I am going to take the Browns. I'm not being like a hater, but I do know that this is Carson Wentz making his first actual start in a long time since he got hurt early on. And I feel like the Browns, they're going to play hard till the end. They can run the ball very well. Deshaun Watson, I mean, I feel like he looks okay now. He's not good yet, but he looks okay. So I feel like Cleveland could win this game. I'll take the uh, Browns plus two. 49ers at Raiders. It's a 49ers spread by nine and a half points. I think it opened up at six. Now it's down to nine and a half because Derek Carr got benched for Jarrett Stidham. I'll take the Niners. I see no reason why the Raiders would even hang around in this game. So I could be wrong, but the Niners are very dominant and the Raiders are trash. The Jets at the Seahawks. Jets are favorites by a point and a half. I'm going to take the Jets. I don't like the way Seattle has looked for the past month or so. I mean, they don't have Tyler Lockett still, I don't think. So you can tell last week that was a big uh, loss of their offense. The offensive line for Seattle has not looked very good lately. The Jets can generate pressure. Mike White's back for the Jets. He energizes the whole team. So give me the Jets minus one and a half. Uh, Vikings at Packers. The Packers are favorites by three and a half. I feel like this line wants you to take the Vikings. So I will take the Packers. I don't love it, but three and a half is very fishy. It, it did open at that, so it's weird. I don't know, but I will take the Packers minus three and a half. It's a must-win situation for the Packers if they want to sneak into that wild card spot. The Vikings already clinched the uh, division, so it is what it is. It seems like the Vikings will not get the buys, so I, I don't really think winning this game matters too much to them, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Rams at Chargers. 
the Rams coming off a game where they dismantled the Broncos like 52 to 14. Um, obviously, they're not that good, but the Chargers, they just beat this Colts team that the Giants are playing on Monday night. I will t- I'll take the Rams. I don't think the Rams win this game, but I think in the Battle of LA here, they'll keep this one close. I mean, Baker has looked okay for them lately, so you know, they got a quarterback upgrade from John Wolford. So, yeah, I'll take the Rams. I think they they've ran the ball well with uh, Cam Akers lately, so give me the Rams plus six and a half. Steelers at Ravens, no Lamar Jackson. It seems like once again, I think he's doubtful. Baltimore, they're still favorites by a point and a half. I'm taking the Steelers. I love the Steelers in this game. I feel like Baltimore, they clinched the playoff spot. You have nothing to play for. Tyler Huntley, you have Mike Tomlin's over 500 streak on the line. The Steelers will show up in this game. And if they lose this game, the Steelers, I mean, their season's over too. So they have to win this game. They're 7-8. and eight. So I will take the Steelers plus 1.5. Then on Monday night, very good game here, potentially. It's a basically 50 point. It's 49 and a half over under. Bills at Bengals, a 12 and 3 versus 11 and 4. The Bengals have not lost in forever, it feels like. But Buffalo, their favorites on the road by a point and a half. I will take Buffalo. I think Buffalo makes a statement. They will show up for a game like this. The Bengals have won so many damn games in a row. Something has to give at some point. So give me the Bills to win this one and cover or, you know, lay the one and a half against the Bengals. So, yeah, those are the spread picks for week number, what is it, 17 now. Geez, so we're almost there. It's 18 weeks now. We're almost there. The Giants, of course, will finish up week 18 against the Eagles, which I believe is a one o'clock game. Am I wrong? I am not. It's Eagles at home against the Giants, 1 o'clock game next week. So, yeah, hopefully the Giants take care of business here and we don't have to worry about that game next week and worry about other matchups. Win and you're in. Simple as that. So I'll talk to you guys on Sunday night and hopefully it's a positive reaction.